Hello and welcome everybody. This is Adam from Miller's Custom Guitars and the N Plus One Podcast. I'm so glad that you can join us. And on this podcast, we talk about our hobbies, our passions, and our obsessions. And we just jump down the rabbit hole together and talk about the things that we love. I'm a musician. I like to play guitar. I like to fix guitars. I like to repair guitars and build guitars. And, you know, as a guitar player, as a musician, you know, we always talk about how many guitars is enough guitars, N plus one. Okay. And I found that to be true about basically any hobby, any obsession, right? And I think Stephen will, will agree with us today. Today I'm joined by Steve from Raffo, Stephen Pond. Steve has a great YouTube channel called Raffo. Steve, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. And I think you can agree, right? How many... How many books is enough books, Steve? Always the next one, I think, is There's the... Always... <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the nerdy answer to it. There's always another book, especially another with secret. this year coming out. There's, there's always, always another, another book. book. Or sometimes five books you, you know. just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I brought, I brought Steve on. Steve, I, I've been wanting to talk to you. You know, I've been a fan for a long time. I'm just a dude in the comments, you know, reading your, you know, watching your YouTube videos because you make YouTube videos about Brandon Sanderson and yep. the Cosmere. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm in, right? And I'm watching your videos because you take deep dives into the Cosmere and like... Like I deep dive, right? I jump onto the wiki and I jump down the rabbit holes and I, I re I'll read the, the, the wobs, which are the words of Brandon. I'll go down to Brandon and I, yeah. yeah, I feel like I got a grasp on these things and I watch your YouTube videos and I'm like, like, man, like, okay. I, th I thought I understood. <laughs> I didn't understand. You, t you really explain things. You take, you take us really down the rabbit hole and you explain it. But today, what are we talking about? Today, we are going to talk about basically the Cosmere. I mean, we can open it up to all of the Brandon Sanderson, but mostly we're going to talk about the Cosmere. And what it, that is mm -hmm. the the works of Brandon Sanderson, who is, I, I would say, arguably, I'm not going to say arguably, he's the greatest fantasy author of our time. I'm a fan, <laughs> so I will say that. You know, you, you I, I don't know if you coined the term, but I love that you said it in one of your videos. We are Branderson Sanderson Fandersons. The, the Branderson Sanderson Fanderson. Yep, that's, yes. that's us. Yes. Yes. So I wanted to jump into this and say, um, for the uninitiated, if someone's listening to this, because we talk about everything, you know, we talk about sure. acting, photography, guitars, we talk about everything. If someone's sitting here listening to this, who is Brandon Sanderson? It means they don't read a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't read, maybe they, they don't read fiction. Maybe they don't read fantasy. A lot of people don't read fantasy. It's kind of coming to its own in the last 20 years, right? Absolutely. So who's Brandon Sanderson? And what the heck is the Cosmere? Right. Maybe you can just lay the groundwork for that and for this discussion. And I'll say just maybe for the scope of this conversation, <laughs> maybe we'll leave maybe the first two thirds of our conversation, mostly spoiler try to, free. Try to go spoiler free. We can do and that. Absolutely. Maybe the, the last bit will maybe talk a little spoilery. <laughs> we'll dive. Yeah. Just a little bit. Okay. What do you think? What, what, oh, what yes. is the Cosmere? So uh, put put very simply, I mean, most people have probably heard of Sanderson in one way or another, if anything, just from the recent Kickstarter, because he just had the most successful Kickstarter ever, more than doubling time. the By number double. two yep. spot. Yeah, the, the number two was the, the Pebble Watch, 
which I actually had a Pebble watch. I was super sad when it died, like my favorite watch ever. And then number that that was twenty million dollars on Kickstarter. That was the number one yeah. most successful. And then the most recent Kickstarter from Brandon Sanderson was the secret novel four secret projects Kickstarter, which ended at over forty one million. Right. So <laughs> that. That broke the internet solidly. There Definitely. were a lot of articles. There were yeah, news stories all over the place yep. talking about this this author who doubled the most successful Kickstarter ever. So he he's an author. That's mm-hmm. to to sum up in one word, he is an author. He is a a creator of worlds, and one collection of those worlds he has created has been called the Cosmere. It's basically all of his adult fiction novels, except for some, they all are, for the most part, their own separate individual stories, but they all take place in the same shared universe. And all of these stories are connected in one way or another. There may be certain characters who you see, who you meet in one book, who then show up on another book, which is technically in on a different planet. And a, a right. different world, different society, or there right. will be a, an artifact or a, an organization that you are introduced to in one novel that you see in another novel. And initially, when he was writing these books, it was all very behind the scenes. Most of the right. connections were were solid, just Easter eggs for Easter the eggs, really, exactly. yeah, the, the people who were really paying attention would notice that, like, hey, wait, who's this? Who's this Hoyd character? He right, that's exactly. a name from another book. And now it's showing up in this book. I recognize what? that name. That was yeah. Something. What's he? What's going on here? Yeah, something's totally, going on. And that was that way for like maybe a solid ten years or so. At, at least it was only yeah. the really in. It was only the really the fans that were in the know that were mm-hmm. like, "This is a, a Cosmere. These are connected." And you saw the Easter eggs, and that's all they were. Is they were that's Easter all they eggs. Were. They it wasn't a big connected story. Mm-hmm. Until it was. <laughs> not not until we really got to the Stormlight Archive, which right. is Sanderson's magnum opus series. Right. That's what I call it, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Though, that's when the connection started coming more to the forefront. I mean, it's still not... Like, you don't have to read the entirety of the Cosmere to understand and enjoy what happens right. in the Stormlight Archive. If you start with... The Stormlit Archive, which for those who have not read yet, that starts with The Way of Kings. It's not my recommended starting place, but it is Definitely. a starting place. If you if you start with Way of Kings and you read through the Stormlit Archive without reading any of the other Cosmere novels, you're not going to be confused. But once really with with this most recent Mistborn book, with the final book in right. Lost, Mistborn Era Lost Two, Lost Metal, that's when it really starts to impact the story. I don't think anyone would still be confused if they haven't read any of the other Cosmere books and Mm -hmm. just started reading Mistborn, but there are things that you would recognize you're missing at this point. Right. Yeah, I kind of feel like like 
and, and Brandon's always been really good about like, you can read just this book or just this mm-hmm. series. You're not going to be confused. You're not going to be lost. And these are Easter eggs and, and you can really pick any series. You can start there. And, and I think for the first time, especially with how he ended up lost medals, this is the first time I would tell someone it don't start on Mistborn season A or two, <laughs> especially how he ended it. Like if, you know, yeah. you know, any other, yeah. So, so that kind of gets me to the, the next question, which is, and, and I think any Cosmere Sanderson fan would, would have some story of, you know, how did you come to, how did mm-hmm. you find your way into the Cosmere? I like to say, this is what I always say is what was your gateway drug? Absolutely. This is the question I always uh, ask. <laughs> my, my gateway drug to the Cosmere. I first started reading the Cosmere right after I got married, which was 11 years ago. So okay. I, I started reading Mistborn and loved it. My wife is a big reader as well. So I, I started reading Mistborn mm-hmm. and went, this is amazing. And then we started over and we would read it to each other before we would go to sleep. We'd like take turns reading chapters. And so that so was how I can first... Can I ask real quick, how did yeah. you find Mistborn? Like, what was it that... What? How did it end up in your hand? That's a great question. Let me see if I can remember. I believe I was first... It was recommended to me by... I want to say my oldest brother, uh, who is brilliant, and he he's yeah. read everything fantasy that you can imagine, True. except for Wheel of Time, because Robert Jordan died mm. when he was in high school, and so he mm. never started Wheel of Time because he didn't want to read an unfinished series, which is ironic now that Sanderson finished it. But So he, right. I, I, I believe it was either my oldest brother, Aaron, or my father-in-law who said, hey, read this book. This is great. And so I picked up Mistborn and absolutely fell in love with it. I remember like doing laundry, sitting on the washing machine at our little apartment complex, just pouring through Mistborn because it was so good. Right. And that, that introduced me to Sanderson. And then from that point, I wanted to just read everything that Sanderson had written. It's, it took me a while to accomplish that just because he is such a prolific right. author. Yeah. I had a few false starts getting into Elantris, his first mm-hmm. published novel, which is easily his his roughest, is very early in his writing career. And his his style has definitely evolved and improved significantly since then. Right. But going through and just reading all of the Cosmere and then noticing those little things like wait, there's there's this Hoyd guy who's in Elantris who also shows up in Mistborn, but then shows up in Mistborn again. And what is tiny insignificant things that you realize lead to a much larger picture. And once I really started researching and diving into what was going on behind the scenes, I found that I, I really wanted to make sure my understanding was as good as it could be. And the vehicle for that was I wanted to make YouTube videos. Mm, So that's, that's how I steered myself into content creation. So focused Mm. on Sanderson. Nice. I I know for me, like I tend to pick a author and then just like devour 
right? You mm-hmm. know, I did or Orson Scott, Scott Card. I've probably read 20 or so of his novels or something like that. And Frank Herbert and, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien. And mm-hmm. you would just, I would just pick a guy. It's like, okay, I like this writing style. And, you know, and then I would just read a bunch of stuff. And I was kind of, you know, like, okay, what do I read next? And I, I posted on, I think, Facebook or something. And someone said, Reel of Time is probably the best fantasy ever written. I said, hey, I'm looking for fantasy or science fiction. Wheel of Time is probably the best fantasy ever written. And, it's a bold claim. You know, <laughs> and the Robert Jordan passed away, and then it was finished by Brandon Sanderson, who did a good job ending it. And once you're done reading that, you should read Mistborn 2, because those are really well good as well. And and I was like, okay, Wheel of Time. Let's read that. And I read Wheel of Time, and I I, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, but then after that, I read, I read Mistborn, and I was just like, okay, you know, Brandon, I'm in. And I just did all the, did all the Brandons. The funny yeah. thing is, after I did all the Brandons, I went back and did read Wheel of Time again. And the funny thing is, Brandon actually taught me how to read epic fantasy, <laughs> and I enjoyed wheel of time so much more the second time around because i understood epic fantasy so much better because i'd been reading epic fantasy from brandon i'd read like wheel of time i just like read through it I was like okay yeah well, okay whatever's going on here um and i got through it and then when i came back to it, i was like man i'm seeing this i'm seeing that you know brandon pulled so much from robert jordan yeah when you go back and see the robert jordan you know anyway yeah it was just that, really that's interesting that's sort of opposite to my experience because i started with mistborn and mm-hmm. then after getting fully indoctrinated by sanderson i in, in the quest to read everything that he's ever written i realized oh i i need to read wheel of time and so i started wheel of time with the singular goal of completing it just to read sanderson's contribution and the first like four or five books were really interesting and engaging to me and then book six got harder and book seven everyone has that Everyone the, has that the, experience. The log. They call it the, the slog. Middle, yeah. they, yep. they literally, <laughs> they call it the slog. It slows down. It's like the, the stuff in there is important and it's just really slow. And when Brandon takes over again, it immediately, the pace picks up immediately. Mm-hmm. The, like, it, it's just immediately like, like, you know, even Brandon admits he has some trouble with some of the narrative of <laughs> some of the characters, but you know, I felt like he was true to just about everything. And then like mm-hmm. the ending is so magnificent. I thought it was really good, but I do, yeah. you did want to, you did mention one thing and, and you know, this is pretty famous lore out there that Brandon wrote 13 novels before he was published. And this, the Elantris was his first published no- novel, which was the sixth novel that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And, and you were kind of right. You know, you go back and read that and it's a little clunky. It's definitely, you know, it's like, a, it's definitely his, his most unpolished work. Yeah. But it's also still, to me, still has all of the, what I consider like the Brandon hallmarks. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Which are, you know, like a really great magic system, first of mm-hmm. all. It has, to me, like the biggest Brandon hallmark, which is a, and that like when you have like a, like a sympathetic antagonist, mm-hmm. it, like where you, you know, they're, not, you understand the point of view of the right. like main villain. You you, you get understand it. It makes sense. exactly. Yeah. You, you you understand how they would make those decisions if you were if you were in their place. Yeah, that's like a hallmark of Brandon. You know, female characters that are 
like actual people Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that are you know fully fleshed out yeah so i like yeah, compelling I I, world uh, building is yes is a um, really significant for me a switching um, narrative point of view points of views oh yeah a sander lanch we can't have a discussion about brandon without talking about a sander lanch <laughs> like all of the all of the hallmarks are in that and it, it is a little clunky especially towards the be- in, beginning but the end mm-hmm. is you know has has all the things and that's definitely uh, a good I- read I'm a big fan of rereading Sanderson novels as well. And so while my first time through Elantris, I struggled to get like I, I struggled getting through Fellowship of the Ring. Like I, I tried to get into Fellowship of the Ring probably five times before I finally made sure. it past the Rivendell chapters and then was able to get in the story and had a grand old time. Lantris was similar to me where it took me, I think two or three tries to just really get into it. But mm-hmm. then with every reread that I've done afterward, it's been a breeze. I've, I've loved every yeah. second of it. Well, and you know, I mean, talk about you, maybe someone saying the slog. I mean, you know, talk about Brandon's magnum opus is, is the Stormlight, mm-hmm. And, you know, it starts with the way of Kings, which I've probably read that three or four times now Uh (laughs) and way of Kings. And I I always say this, if you're going to read way of Kings, it was the first book I ever read where I was three quarters of the way through the first time. And I was like, I don't know what this book is about. I don't know what the plot is and I can't put it down. (laughs) Right. You know, that's fair. Right. Like if you're reading that book, you're like, I don't know where, what the plot is because the plot isn't really shown until the second book. Really? Right. I mean, for for me, re- when I finished, let's see, was it at the, once you get to the end of Words of Radiance, like once, r- literally the very last chapter in Words of Radiance, right. I got to that point, finished the book and went, huh, okay, the prologue is done. Like, I, it <laughs> felt, it felt like a 2000 page prologue, because that's at fair. that moment, all of a sudden, okay, you've got the you've got all of the viewpoint characters together finally. You've got a very clear path moving forward with the the storytelling and everything previous to that had felt just like a setup of getting to this moment and now we can actually move on. I mean, a, a very interesting and compelling and I love it prologue, but a 2000-page prologue. <laughs> You know, I think that's that's very fair. And Way of Kings famously starts with four prologues. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this, that's just the fifth prologue is the, right. is is the, the rest, rest of that of the book, book and the next book. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into my questions, which are the next question. The, the first real question is if someone was going to get into reading Brandon and the, the Cosmere in general, uh-huh. what are some maybe misconceptions that people might have about maybe epic fantasy and the Cosmere and just the whole thing? I feel like a lot of people approach epic fantasy or, or fantasy in general as escapism, especially if you don't read fantasy very regularly. I have had people who have looked down on fantasy readers and like oh you're you're just reading that that magic fluff like a lot of people just equate it one to one with harry potter or with twilight or with any of these other not as weighty definitely stories and i know people are going to come after me for saying harry potter isn't weighty or significant but you don't really get to significant things with harry potter until book 5 
Sure. I mean, mostly because Harry Potter was written for a a aging demographic. Like it was written right. for totally ten year olds with book one, and then every like it, it was written for people who were growing up, and the books fit those demographics as you go through it. Sure. Can I but, just butt in and say like. Yeah. Like Harry Potter, like everyone's kind of turned on Harry Potter lately, and I won't <laughs> have it. Those books are awesome. Like read Harry Potter; they're awesome. Anyway, keep going. Uh, see, I I did not like Harry Potter when I was first reading it. It it took me a bet with a coworker of mine who was who absolutely loved Harry Potter. We we bet each other. Well, we didn't. It wasn't so much a bet; it was an agreement where if. I read the entirety of Harry Potter. He would read Mistborn Era 1. And so I, I I figured it was a fair trade. So I read all of Harry Potter, and that second read through, I really enjoyed it. I loved it a lot. And he read Mistborn Era 1, and he thought it was okay, and that was fine. I did a trade with my daughter. She's dyslexic, and so she does audiobooks. And she really liked the Wings of Fire audiobooks. And she's like, dad, I love these wings of fire books. You should, you should, you should check them out. I was like, I'm not reading these, you know, these like kids, you know, <laughs> dragon books. It's like, dad, you should read them. I'm like, no, what you should do is you should read Harry Potter. You're the perfect age for them. You will love them. I know you will because they're awesome and you'll love them. I don't want to read them. And I said, I will make you a trade. At the time there was 14 wings of fire books. And there were seven Harry Potter books. I said, I will make you a one. trade uh, for every Harry Potter book that you, that you listen to. I'll read two Wings of Fire books. And we did. And then we went through all the Harry Potters and all the Wings of Fires. <laughs> we did a trade. And every single time we got done, we would sit there like, like fan geeks and we would nerd out uh -huh. about the books. And did you see what, you know, Oasis did? And I can't believe what burn man. She's such a mean queen. And, and then, you know, can you believe what, what Snape did and all that stuff. And then the great thing was they kept releasing rings of fire books, uh -huh. you know? And so we just kept getting the books and they would come out and, you know, and I would listen to them because I commute. I would listen to them, and then we would talk about them. And it was just great. It was a great way to bond with my daughter, and we would nerd out about them. And yeah, it was great. It was awesome. My initial like conversion to reading was when I was in fourth grade. Previous to that, I didn't enjoy reading at all, which is actually somewhat similar to what Brandon. Uh, right. What what Sanderson's experience was because he never didn't really get into reading until fourth grade as well. Interesting. Anyway, my my love of reading really stemmed from getting into Animorphs. And if if you're familiar at all with Animorphs, not at all. Great. Then if if you're passively familiar with Animorphs, you know I, I'm not sure if you've ever seen the covers of the books. It's like the original covers were like a little animal that eventually like through bad Photoshop morphs into a person or other ways, okay. depending on whichever way you go. It's about a, a group of young adults who meet an alien who gives them powers to be able to shapeshift into any animal they touch. Okay. And he introduces them to the a current secret interplanetary war going on. There's an invasion of Earth by an alien species. And so they become basically fighters on the front lines of this secret 
alien invasion of Earth. And they use their animal morphing powers in order to combat this alien invasion. And as a fourth grader, this was incredible to me. It was really compelling. There, the, For lack of a better word, the magic system was very straightforward and understandable. And sure. I, I could relate on a very meaningful way to these characters. And so with, with just that understanding, and if there was nothing beyond that, I would understand people's approach to saying oh, fantasy is just escapism and fluff and it's just something to get away from your day-to-day boring, normal, not magic-filled life. But looking back on my experience with Animorphs as a kid and rethinking all of the things that happened in that story, the, the whole series is like 40 or 50 books long. They're Okay. They're tiny, sure. but it's, it's a really, really long series. And the th- topics that are addressed in that series are incredibly heavy. There's just really, really difficult things that are framed in such a way through this fantasy story that makes them understandable and digestible for a fourth grader or for, mm. for a child. And that, I think, is the real power of fantasy. It's not just escapism. It's changing your frame of reference and allowing you to learn lessons and understand difficult ideas that would otherwise be impossible for you to take in. It's allowing, yeah, changing how you expect to think about something and therefore allowing you to think about things in a different way, simply by changing the framework that it's presented in. Yeah, one of my favorite examples of of what you were just talking about is in Stormlight, okay? Brandon wrote in that the lefty women always cover their left hand. They call it the Mm -hmm. safe hand. The safe hand. Right? And... He says this is one of the questions he gets asked more than anything else. It's like, what does it mean? Like, it's got to mean something. My sister <laughs> said, my sister told me this. She's like, no, no, no. Brandon wouldn't put that in unless it really means something. And he, he literally always, he, he goes on and on. He's like, no, I just put it in to point out how silly the, like the, the, the rules that we put on society are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's the kind of thing that fantasy can do in, in Roche, in, in on Stormlight. The men don't read, you know, like the the women read and write and the men don't read and write. Why? Because the, well, that's because, you know, it's like, because it's as society dumb, said so. Right. And it's as dumb as the things that we do with like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, with like racism and like all this stupid stuff, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, the, the race and class distinction in Stormlight mm-hmm. is fascinating. Yeah, and based you'll on have eye people, color or yes, whatever, exclusively yeah. eye color. And so you'll have people who will decry the the classist situation in Stormlight, but then live their lives as not good people. And you're like, wait, no, you're you're not understanding the lesson being taught in this fantasy. Like it's it's very clearly saying, right. hey guys, this is not the way to do it. We are doing it wrong in the real world. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's, let's move on, man. This, these are great answers. This is awesome. I love this conversation. <laughs> what are some of the biggest challenges, maybe being a Cosmere fan or maybe trying to subtly recruit people to be Cosmere fans that you've, <laughs> that you've encountered? 
the the challenges of recruiting people of of converting people to the Cosmere to to Sanderson the biggest challenge to overcome to this point is just getting people to be willing to read there yeah, are a lot totally. of like there there's such incredible stories being told in a medium that is accessible to virtually everyone but totally. because it takes time and you have to sit down and it's not it's not easily consumable necessarily there are a lot of people who just aren't reading books and right. that's that's a sad thing yeah the the challenge of getting people to read in general but then with sanderson there is more of a challenge because a lot of his books are thousand page epics especially if we're talking about right. the stormlight archive and so if people know yep. that that is what you're trying to get them to read it's i feel like the the mental image that people have when you say oh i want you to read this book and you pull out a thousand page tome is yeah. oh great you want me to read the dictionary because that's the only right. other book that they've seen that is that thick. right it's that big right and so getting people to be willing to allow themselves to get sucked into a book of that magnitude it's it, it's kind of like coaching people to get over their commitment issues because a thousand page book is a lot more of a commitment than a 300 page book and even to Definitely. some people, a 300-page book is a lot more daunting than the graphic novels that they read to their children. Like, so getting people to actually be willing to read and be willing to read something so large, is that, I think, is the most difficult thing. Yeah. I've heard people saying, well, man, you know, there's... There's so much Cosmere. I go, oh, man, I've, I don't want to start because then I have to read uh -huh. everything, which you, know, you don't have to read everything. Just you just pick one thing. Read Mistborn. It's it's dynamite. You know, you know, start there. That's a great, great thing to read. And like you said, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend starting with with no. Way of Kings, even though it is the best thing ever written, whatever. But then then the, on the flip side, I hear this all the time online that people don't want to start something that's not finished. Uh -huh. Have you heard that? Which you that's know, exactly um, the issue that my brother had with right. uh, Robert Jordan, as he right. never and, started and Wheel of Time because Robert Jordan was going to die, and so he thought right. it was never going to be done. And Brandon has stated that that the Stormlight is going to be two five book novels arcs. We're mm -hmm. we're yeah two five book sets of of and we're he's writing right now the the fifth book of the first set. So I mean it might be another. 20 years before it's completely done or, or more. But mm -hmm. so, so sometimes people fight that, you know, and then, yeah. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like people find excuses to not read. But one thing yeah. I will say is that I feel like reading is making a resurgence. I see more and more, maybe it's just my TikTok. Maybe I'm just on book talk. Or whatever. I just, <laughs> You've you, just I, gotten to I, that I side like, of TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I just, a lot of people are, are reading more, you know, and it's, yeah, he's, he's gaining popularity. He has the highest Kickstarter of all time uh, mm. by double. I do think um, particularly with the, the popularity of audiobooks now, there are people who are consuming right. books in that way. And I, I know there are purists who are like, oh, that's not reading, but okay. it's, yeah, it's let's, consuming let's a story. Stop, let's, <laughs> let's just stop that right now, everybody. Look, you're, you're getting the words that the author wrote into your brain. And that's the end of that discussion. Okay. 
that's the end of that discussion. <laughs> okay. The words that the author wrote are in your brain. You got the, you, 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 you read the You book. are consuming that's the story. That's, yes. I, I, it, it's annoying to me to be like, oh, I, I don't actually read, but I listen to books. I'm like, no, that's, you read this book. You have experienced yeah. that book. And reading yeah. it is the, that's, yeah. that's shorthand for experiencing and consuming yeah. the story contained in a book. My, my wife likes to call it ear reading. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I do think with audiobooks becoming so popular, that is allowing a lot more people to be able to get into books again. I know with the, with this recent giant, massive, huge, insane Kickstarter, more than 50% of the, Oh, no, not with the Kickstarter. With the most recent Mistborn book, with right. Lost Metal, over Lost Metal. 50% of the pre-orders yep. for the book were audiobook. Mm -hmm. And so there is a huge amount of people out there who that is how they consume stories. And I, I bought the book and then bought the audiobook because I was mm -hmm. I was buying it but I commute man and it's it's just easier for me to listen to it exactly. than it is for me to read it, you know. And so yeah, he got he got double money for me. What about being a Cosmere fan, reading it, jumping into it fills your bucket. Why do you do this? I I love it. It's it's fascinating. I just finished this morning, I finished reading Secret Project 1 from that giant, massive, crazy, insane Kickstarter. Finished it this morning, and it... Oh, it's so good. I <laughs> Secret Project 1! It's, you know, it's, it's, I gotta it's say, you know, like, I knew they were coming out. It was New Year's. We stay up mm -hmm. till midnight. And, you know, just right before bed, I go to check my email. I'm like, what's this email? Links, <gasps> honey, honey. Like I just, I escaped my mind. Yeah, secret <laughs> projects. If you did back the Kickstarter, you you got a surprise in your email. Uh, if you, if you didn't back the Kickstarter, the ebook for Secret Project One is going to be publicly available on the tenth. So Which even if you missed out on the Kickstarter after that, so oh, then it's already yeah. available. There you go. Yeah, I saw some people through secret party New Year's parties. Secret uh -huh. Project New Year's parties where they all got together and they threw, you know, they had like hidden hoids all over and they made rock stew and, and all that stuff. And then they all stayed up and then all of a sudden there was no more talking anymore <laughs> because everyone was reading. <laughs> that sounded like a good time. So now this is, this is, this is kind of a weird question and there might not be an answer for this because a lot of times uh, I'm having musicians on, I talk about bad experiences. Have you had a bad <laughs> gig? Have you had, you know, maybe, you know, someone cheaped out and didn't pay you or whatever, but this is a question I ask everyone. Have you had any maybe bad experiences with the Cosmere or with your time doing this? Very few with my interaction with the Cosmere. I mean, reading the Cosmere, I have had exactly zero bad experiences. I have read virtually everything that Brandon has published, except for the end of Wheel you of Time. I won't get there. To, you even went to BYU, right? I did. And you, right? I, I have read his master's thesis. Yes, I have... I have read Dragonsteel, the no longer canon, heavily stolen from for the rest of his stories. I've read that, yes. I've read a lot of his unpublished stuff. I've read White Sand, of course, which basically everyone has at this point. If you haven't read White right. Sand and you are a Sanderson fan, come on. It's, it's, there's a link to it in every single newsletter from him. Yeah. Read White Sand. I've read Aether of Night, which is the which is a the the story itself is no longer canon, but the magic system is. I've read the the early drafts of 
Mistborn, which is really interesting, where he's developing that magic system, but the world is completely different. I Oh, I actually, I haven't he read Way of gonna, King's Prime. He said he's um, going to release those. He said he's going to release Aether of Night Prime and Mistborn Prime and maybe Dragonsteel Prime. Maybe not Dragonsteel Prime, but he said he's well, going to release those. That's going to be cool, man. I did, I did we'll read probably Way of King's Prime, some, though. I got yeah. one up on you on that one. Yeah, see, I haven't read Way of King's Prime. It's on my shelf right there, but that that is one that I just have not had time to dig into yet because there's that one's there's weird, a new man. release from Sanderson every other month. So. Yeah, Way of King's Prime is weird because uh, the names are different, and so you're reading it, you're like, who's this? And then you're like, but it's not that person because not only are the names changed, the, the character's a little different. And mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> That's how I felt reading Mistborn Prime because yeah. a lot of elements in the story are right. the same. Like I, I knew the twist that was happening at the end because it's a twist that's already in Mistborn. I'm like, oh, so this is, yep, there it is. Um, but the world is completely different and mm-hmm. elements of the magic system are different. But yeah, that was a little trippy reading Mistborn yeah. Prime. Yeah. But any any uh, specific bad experiences oh, that you can think of or maybe something um, you didn't maybe didn't like as much or I don't know. My my bad experiences with Sanderson have not come from the books or Sanderson himself. They've come from the very small minority of the fandom that enjoy hating on Sanderson while reading Sanderson for some reason. There are a That's lot of people. Weird. Okay, it's not weird a lot. Of people, people are like that. Yeah, There's I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> but they're particularly <laughs> the past couple weeks, actually, on TikTok and on several Reddit threads, because I. I'm in a group with a bunch of other content creators on TikTok that focus on Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And there sure. have been huge discussions of like, these people are in my comments again. And there are people who will just hate on Sanderson for his beliefs and assume that that then applies to all of his work and all of the people right. that enjoy his work. And interacting with those people which again is the very small minority most of everyone else i've ever talked with or met who enjoy sanderson have been delightful and they're very polite like i went to the dragonsteel convention the this last november and it was one of the best experiences of my life like it was incredible mm-hmm. uh, but there are very few people who interact with sanderson fans that just spew hate and those people are less than awesome yeah it it is weird that that it's like that you know that people think that brandon interjects his religion into his writing or whatever Mm -hmm. which i feel like he does that way less than other, you know, religious authors. You know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like he does it much less than orson card does for example you know like my mom they, my mom read Mistborn and she was really enjoying it. And then she didn't like the end of Hero or Hero of Ages because she said it was it was it, it was too Mormon. I was like, I don't what? What are you talking about? I don't, like, whatever. But you know, and and I feel like I don't know. I just don't see it at all. You yeah. know, in in his writings, I, I feel like you know Brandon is a very good writer who is you know Mormon. And I don't think those, you know, overlap. And he even will tell you, you know, in, in the way he writes his afterlife in his books, it's like you, you know, perceive the afterlife 
however you want to perceive it. You know, it's, there's not even a, a specific way that it is in my books because it's open to interpretation based on the reader, you know. The, so. the really frustrating thing for me is when people say, oh, Brandon is Mormon and therefore and the Mormon church is bad and therefore he is bad and therefore his writing is bad and therefore people that like him are bad. Like that's it's that's so the thing that has been going on is yeah, it's so weird. And it, it baffles me because people that belong to a particular church are not necessarily bad, even if that church does things that are not great. Like, yeah. like yeah, I'm, a, you know, I've I've talked about it on this podcast before. I'm a I'm a I'm a Christian Christ following believing person. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, like, dude, I make mistakes. the The Christian Church is, you know, throughout history has made tons of mistakes, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, you know, I mean, it's riddled, right, with yeah. with with the mistakes that we've made. I mean, we've, you know, we've flattered the blood across Europe, right? But that doesn't change the fact that I, as a believery person, just tries to be more like Jesus Mm -hmm. at the core. That's what I believe. Right. And so, you know, it, it doesn't affect how good or bad I am at guitar. Right. Right. So if you look at, (laughs) and you're like, I can't listen to Adam play guitar. He's a Christian guy. What does that have to do with now? I mean, when I'm playing guitar at church, that's a different thing, right? Sure. Well, I don't want to go to listen to Adam play guitar at church. Well, then don't. But if I'm playing with my, you know, if I'm playing at a a gig, you know, whatever, you know, anyway, whatever. That's that's a big my my favorite. My favorite way to think about it actually is with a quote from one of Brandon's novels, and it's it's said by a character who is firmly and decidedly atheist i know who you're talking about (laughs) yeah she says so a quote from a staunch atheist she says in relation to people who are religious and believe strongly in a certain religion that is basically the state religion of this fantasy society she says the wise among them will find goodness and solace in their faith the fools would be fools no matter what they believed and that to me just it makes so much sense because if if you want to be a good person and you want to improve the lives of those around you and add light to the world you are going to do that regardless of whether you're religious or not and if you aren't religious great if you are religious awesome if you want to be a bad person and just tear people down religion is not going to stop you it will likely be a yeah. tool for you to do that and so if yeah. you're going to be good you're going to be good if you're not you won't religion is not really going to make a difference either way <laughs> it, it's a tool for whatever you want to become yeah great um do you have as you navigate the Cosmere and Brandon's works, something you might consider a guilty pleasure? I, I have an idiosyncrasy, I think. Okay. I really enjoy collecting the books. Like, I, mm-hmm. I am a hardcover slut. Like, I, I want sure. the paper. <laughs> I, want, I want the experience of turning the pages. I want to do that with my hands and fingers while I'm experiencing it. And so I have a, a lovely collection of books on my, my shelf here. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, we can we I, can see some of I them. Got the yeah, stuff. You got, you got like some I got leather the, bounds and I got yes. the way of kings leather bounds. I've got like these are all 
I mean, Ooh. many of these are first editions just because I buy them when they come out. And so I, I like having the book. I also really like having a burner copy where it's oh, like this, like that. this a copy this of Hero of Ages. This goes squarely into our, our next question, which is a veteran move. <laughs> I actually have a question. It's like, do you have a veteran move? Tell us about this burner copy. Have, have a burner copy. So I've got my nice ones that I will flip through occasionally, but I have burner copies where if I want to find something or if I want to take time and read this, if I want to read this on the go, I've got a burner copy of the book where that is mm. what I can not worry about tearing up. It's harder when... You take notes uh, in those? Come on, man. If you okay, have a burner well, copy, you got to make usage of it, man. Okay, here, veteran move. I have ebooks of basically everything. And ebooks, uh, you can search and you can annotate and you can link things. So everything. You really are a nerd, man. I, I am, I am <laughs> a hardcore nerd. Yes, absolutely. Like. I, I was reading Secret Project 1 all yesterday and today. And. Whenever I got to a point where like, oh, this is this is significant, I would like swipe over and I've got a Google mm -hmm. Doc where I'm just taking notes like this thing is here in this chapter page this go to oh my gosh, because I mean, a lot of it is simply because I am also a content creator focusing on this stuff as well. Sure. And yeah, you need it for your channel. Yeah. I, I need it because I'm I'm going to be making a video about Secret Project One. Hopefully, in I mean my my goal would be by the end of this week, but I I might not make it. Maybe the end of next week. And so I'm I want to keep track of these things because I need to make content. But even more so, I want to keep track of these things because I think it's fascinating. And yeah. having multiple ways to interface with the text, whether it's from a fancy book that stays on my shelf or with a burner copy that I don't feel bad about loaning out and then never getting back or with an ebook that just allows me to search and research a lot more effectively. That's, mm -hmm. I love learning more and delving more into these worlds and having different ways to do that makes it a lot easier to do so. Yeah. You know, you said copy annotating and highlighting. I was reading Secret Project 1 just last night, and there was a line that was, in my mind, it was so hopeful and inspirational. I was just like, I was like, I got to have to, oh, I'm writing an e reading an ebook and I can just highlight it. Like, yep. <laughs> and I read it to my wife and she's like, okay. Okay, and, and it just it hit me like hard, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and for her, it wasn't. I have several was... colors of that I use in my annotations of my ebooks. Like, oh, this is just a good quote, or this is significant for story purposes, or this is something that is revealed later. Yeah, I, I make use of all of those different highlighter colors. Okay, so I'm gonna give. I'm gonna change the order of two questions here because I want to give. Want you to give us if someone right now and this people have asked this question. All the time. So you someone's sitting here right now and they say, Hey, look, Brandon, he's the most popular fancy writer in the world. And this sounds interesting, but this sounds like a big, big, big lasagna to, 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 to eat. Okay. <laughs> Where do I start? And I'm going to Steve from Raffo for advice. Okay. Where would you tell people to start? If someone is wanting to dive into the Cosmere, they know they are wanting to eat that whole lasagna. They just don't know 
where to stab their fork in. Or maybe they're not sure. Maybe it, it they're not sure. See, maybe they, it looks like a spinach lasagna. They're not sure if they like spinach lasagna. They're not sure if they want it. <laughs> where do they where do they dive in to see if they like it? Well, okay, I I have different answers for each of those questions then because once again, I'm a nerd and I know things. You have a, you, I'm sure you have a definitive Steve reading order, right? I, I do. I have a definitive Cosmere reading I think order. I've seen for, that video of yours. Yeah. Right? You had a video, right? Okay. The Decroy Wutrafo Atankit Niswa. Mm hmm. <laughs> The That's definitive right, Cosmere reading order, if you want to read and find out all the things and notice connections in the most satisfying way. Yes. <laughs> so if I have, I have three different answers for that question. The okay. first is if, if someone is committed, they know they want to dive into Sanderson and they may be daunted about the amount of reading they may, they'll have to do, but they know they will want to do that reading. I recommend starting with Elantris. Because that okay. is, that's the first book that Brandon published. His writing style is the weakest in that book. Right. And as you read, starting with Elantris and then go through the rest of the Cosmere books, you will notice and appreciate the improvement of his writing style. For sure. Yeah. And, and also, if you like, if you read that one and you like it, because it is still pretty good. If you read that one and mm -hmm. like it, you're going to like everything else because that's like the least strong. It's still, it's not, it's still good. So it's if you like that good. one, yeah. If you like that one, you're going to like everything else. Probably. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as, as I say in the definitive Cosmere reading order, if you want to read and find out all the things and notice connections and in the most satisfying way. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I will yeah. put a link to that in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'll put a link down in the comment in the notes below. Excellent. So the, the reason why I say start with Elantris, if you know you're going to take that plunge, it's got, you, you start with the very beginning of his writing style and you see that improve, but also because it was his first published novel, the connections with everything else in the world are minimal. There are, right. or in, in the Cosmere, are minimal. There are a few things here and there that you may notice, like there's that random Hoyd guy, but most of the things that show up in later books are references back to previous books in that order that I made. But if if you are not sure that you want to dive into the Cosmere as a whole, if you want to just see if this Brandon guy is worth reading, I would recommend starting with Mistborn. That's where I Definitely. started. That's Mistborn mm -hmm. is my favorite book in the Cosmere. I I love Way of Kings. I love the Stormlight Archive. Mistborn is my favorite. And it's nice for People who are less familiar with fantasy, it's a much sure. more easily digestible world. The world building is yeah. great and compelling, but it's not as alien as, say, the Stormlight Archive. Right. Um, but again, right. the magic system is really clear and understandable, and the story itself is really interesting. And so I typically, Definitely. if someone says, I want to read Sanderson, but I don't know where to start, I usually say start with Mistborn. If someone right. does not read fantasy at all, and I recommend, hey, read this Brandon Sanderson guy, I had this experience with one of my brothers who is, he reads a lot of nonfiction, but he knows that I love Sanderson. So he's like, well, what, what should I read? Give me a Sanderson book. And for him, I recommend starting with The Emperor's Soul, 
which is significantly shorter than any of Sanderson's other Cosmere books. It's like a Uh, novella, right? It's a novella. Yeah. It's about, it's between like 80 and a hundred pages. So it's, it's fairly short. Right. But again, the, the story is really interesting and compelling. It's a very good snapshot of what Brandon is as a writer. Right. Dude, Emperor's Soul is so good. I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's super good. And I'll just say, like, if you're... I had Mistborn pitched to me like this. I think a lot of people have have used this pitch, which is like, imagine... And I think even Brandon has said this. Like, imagine Mm -hmm. if at the end of The Lord of the Rings, Soren had won, and it's a thousand years later. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But it's also a heist movie mixed with My Fair Lady. You know, it's 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 Ocean's Eleven and My Fair Lady. Ocean's Eleven. But it takes place a thousand years after Sauron won at the end of Lord of the Rings. And if that doesn't sound amazing, like why do you even? Okay, well then go read. Well then go read something else. You know, go read a you know historical fiction or something. You know, the the great thing though about Sanderson is. It, he doesn't just have the Cosmere. So I, I've also recommended right. people... There are um, other things. Yeah, there's the Reckoners series, which are superheroes. If you're really into superheroes, that's the most interesting take on superheroism that I have ever read. The Skyward series, Skyward. which is his young so adult... good. Yeah, fantastic. A sci-fi. There's the Legion yep. novellas that are really interesting, that are more like crime dramas. Like, he's... Yep dipped his toe in virtually every single genre and so Mm -hmm. if someone is more comfortable reading any particular genre there is a sanderson for them yeah definitely well not every single genre because he i don't think he's written anything that doesn't have any magic in it (laughs) i'd love to see him just just write a straight like no magic no surprises I don't think he has, man. Okay, no, we can't. Like, no fantasy, can't, no can't magic. Can't say Alcatraz. No, can't say Alcatraz is really good. Alcatraz Guys, is fantastic. Alcatraz is, is really good. I read that with my kids. I would read it out aloud to them, and it's like like all these characters have have their their magic is that they have really like dumb superpowers. And They're really good at doing bad Brandon's, things. <laughs> basically, <laughs> we 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 always called it we always called it dumb superpowers, uh-huh. and then the magic was how Brandon would would twist their dumb superpowers to his advantage, and then we played these games. Is that the, the the kids would think of these dumbest superpowers, and I would try to like figure out how to, it was so much fun when <laughs> how, they were little that we would do that, try to how, how to Sandersonize yep, how we it. would use the. Yep, how to use those dumb superpowers to get out of crazy situations. That, that's so, one thing that, are, that I actually have advice. tried to, to convince people. Even people who love and adore Sanderson and have read all of the Cosmere, I have had right. struggles trying to convince people to read Alcatraz for some reason. Cause yeah. It's like, dumb, it's silly, but it's fun, man. It's, it's, it's so a good, good. It's yeah, it's, it's fun. fluffy, but it's also it has nuggets of brilliance and like serious depth to it. It's yeah. Alcatraz honestly, is definitely worth the read. And honestly, if you're a Brandon Sanderson fan and you're not reading the the, the Skyward, yeah, Skyward is impeccable. It is. It's 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 marketed as a YA, dude. It's it's fire. Oh, My daughter there, loved it, and yeah. she she read it, and she she's like, I understand what a Sanderlanch is now. <laughs> like that that first one once again had all the hallmarks. There's a interesting mm-hmm. magic. There's you know, a sym- sympathetic antagonist. You know, the mm-hmm. whole time there's like, I don't want to spoil it. There's this bad guy, you know, this, this antagonist, not a bad guy. It's an antagonist person that's anti the protagonist. 
and you learn if you were in the same place, you would probably be doing the same thing. Yeah. And the thing I love about that book is, you, you know, you learn this, this truth in that book, you know, this whole truth that they've, she's been fed her whole life. And then you learn the truth and it's worse. You know, <laughs> it's not even what she thought. It was actually worse than what she thought. And anyway, it's, it's great. It's my, a, that's a super good. My favorite moment in the Skyward series comes in the second book. There's, mm -hmm. there's a chapter in Starsight. book two in Starsight yep. where I, I a hundred percent believe that if everyone on earth read that chapter and understood it in context, there would be no war. Wow. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're young adult books, but they are incredible and definitely worth reading. Yes. This episode of the N Plus One Podcast has been brought to you by earlier episodes of the N Plus One Podcast. We've been going now strong for about three months, and I've just been having about the most fun of anything I've ever done. And we've had a number of amazing episodes. Some of those early episodes have flown under the radar. And I was hoping that you, if you are a new listener, would go back and maybe check those out. We had some episodes where we talked to Adam Malore about the life of being a YouTuber and what it's like to try to gain followers like I'm doing here today. That was a really interesting episode. We talked to my beloved sister, Bethany, about what it's like to be a quilter. We talked to Courtney Pong about improv. We talked to my good friend, Gabe, who fed me scotch. Some episodes after that, we talked to my coworker, Josh Gomes, and he is a prospector, and he talked to me about prospecting for gold and showed me an amazing trick about using moss to prospect. We talked to my good friend, John C. Brown, about being an actor. We just had some amazing episodes, and some of those episodes have gotten lost in the mix. So I encourage you to go back and check out some of those early episodes if you've missed them. I think you'll really enjoy them. Also, one other thing I wanted to point out, because I'm looking at all the numbers, is that I noticed that most of you are consuming this podcast on YouTube, which is great, and I love to see you there. Hi, YouTube. But this podcast is also available through all media podcasts and hosting and streaming services. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on Stitcher. It's available anywhere you get podcasts, including Audible or whatever. If you are a person that drives around a lot like I do, this is a great way to consume the podcast. And so I encourage you to check out the podcast there. It's a great list. And I actually, after I make these podcasts and they release, that's how I get them. And, and if you haven't really been paying attention, the podcast comes out every Thursday. The audio comes out Thursday morning, maybe about six or so, so that I can listen to it on the way to work. And then the video will come around around 11 or so. Last of all, if you are enjoying any of these episodes, I always would like to ask you to share this episode or any episode with someone that you think might enjoy it. Just pick one episode, find one person you think might enjoy it and share that with them, whether it's an audio or a YouTube and just send that over to them and that would really help to grow the show. I would really appreciate it. Okay guys, we're gonna get you back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Well, let's, let's kind of get towards the end here and let's, I, I'm going to lift the spoiler ban. Okay. And, uh, I'm, I'm only, I'm only going to say 
if you would refrain because I haven't finished it to to refrain from secret project spoilers, okay. but anything else. And if you are a Sanderson fan and you are trying to avoid spoilers, you can skip ahead and I will drop in a time in post of when you can skip to where we are stop stop talking about spoilery <laughs> things. Okay. If you are trying to avoid spoilers, you can jump ahead to time marker one hour and 16 minutes, and that should jump you ahead and avoid all the spoilers that we talk about coming up. Thank you. Because I want to give you free reign to talk about your favorite. What is your favorite moment in Stormlight? And I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're, you, you've got your costume I'm loud on, and proud yes. right now. It's to me, it's the greatest, greatest written moment in history. Honor is dead. I'll see what I can do. I mean, it chills. And then one chapter later, you get the worst <laughs> moment the in worst. written history. <laughs> and for my boon. Yeah. It's <sighs> the worst. Oh my gosh. But till, oh my gosh. I mean, Kaladin <laughs> in the, against four shard bearers by himself right i mean that's to me that's is it's incredible the best but anyway. white spine uncaged yes that chapter it's very oh, yeah. good but i don't want to put um, words in your mouth what is right, your okay so out of out of the whole all of the sanderson works what is your favorite maybe moment or quote or the thing that is maybe most inspirational or gives you chills or I mean, what's your favorite thing? Again, I've got multiple answers for that question. It, it my, is not. <laughs> you, can, you can give me a couple. As I've said, Mistborn is my favorite. It, it was how I got into Sanderson, and it's how I recommend people get into Sanderson typically. Like, the, the story of Mistborn is incredible. I've read the entire Mistborn Era 1 trilogy five or six times and i have wept like a child at the end every single time yeah uh, that 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 might not be my it it's my favorite i'm not gonna say how many favorites i'm allowed to have but it is all your it is my favorite <laughs> there are a lot of favorites and this is one of those my favorites the ending of mistborn era one is absolutely beautiful it's it's one of the best endings of a series that i have ever read and the just everything gets wrapped up like like narratively it's gorgeous and the story itself is incredible um and my favorite part of Sanderson in general, but is in specific the ending of Mistborn Era 1 at the end of Hero of Ages when spoilers for Mistborn. Yep. We already gave the spoilers. We already <laughs> gave the spoiler warning. It's fine. When Sazed realizes that the prophecies of the Hero of Ages specifically right. say that they will carry the like fate of the world on their arms mm -hmm. and not shoulders but on their arms mm -hmm. and going back to the very first page of the mm -hmm. first book of Mistborn in the epigraph mm -hmm. of chapter one, it says the hero of ages will carry the world on their arms. Mm -hmm. Like the first, the first thing yep. that you read in the first book yep. directly yep. points to the end of the third. And that, that is incredible to me uh, yep. the 
the amount of things that Sanderson is able to slip past you that you don't notice until you get to the end is amazing. Yeah. And that, definitely. that happens with absolutely every single one of his books. It's yep. my, my favorite moments is that end of Mistborn. But again, that occurs with all riddled through stormlight and just these, these tiny hints that this is going to happen and you're going to get to this moment, but you're not going to think that this random little drop thing is significant until 3000 pages later is it's such a mastery of the art of writing a novel. I have not seen anywhere else. Yeah. That that's probably my favorite moment just narratively and literal literaturally literaturally because it's not literally literaturally we'll go with that any (laughs) (laughs) nope that's different too Uh, i know that was that was a joke no that's that's an uh, that's an amazing moment you know i feel like and this is why you reread right because absolutely i feel like brandon sanderson has this way of foreshadowing that the first time you read it he it feels like he's foreshadowing with a feather and mm-hmm. the second time you reread it, you're like, no, no, he's foreshadowing with a sledgehammer. And yeah. we just didn't see it. You know, like the second time you read it, you're like, he was not being subtle. And we were just too dumb <laughs> to notice the first time. But the first time you read it, you don't uh-huh. see these things. You don't see, you know, all these things like, like, you know, about the, the prophecies about the hero of ages, not or having a gender. With, with Vin's right? earring. Right. Oh my gosh. The, like, the earring Vin's over and over and over and over should again. have been it was so, so obvious, clear to all right. of us, but nope. Nope. Right. And my favorite, um, the hero of ages. I, I love being around someone who's reading hero of ages because no matter where they're at in the book, I can just tell you it gets better. Like, no, I'm like, yeah. Where are you at? Oh, I'm at blah, blah, blah. And don't worry. It gets better. What do you mean? Just keep, where are you at in the book? Well, it, you know, the, the, the colos are, it gets better. You know, like it's just, that book is just one giant upward awesomeness. That, that, movie, well, that book is I mean, awesome. similarly, specifically hero of ages is one giant downward spiral. Like I, yeah, I was getting really, really get worried higher and higher and higher. Yeah. When, when I was first reading hero of ages, it's like, yeah. I am 40 pages away from the yep. end. And, yep. There is no way everything could get re- like I, the world's going to end and there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Like there, there's not enough time here. And yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the benefits of having a physical book in your hand, right? You know, like, like there's not enough book for this book, you know, like, yeah. And we kind of experienced that reading lost metal a little bit, like, you mm-hmm. know, cause it, we felt like the, the, the intro was the setup was so, so long we're like there's a lot that has to happen you know left in this <laughs> anyway um yeah i mean there's there's so many great moments you know you cannot have my pain i'm, I'm a stormlight guy i mean for oh, me absolutely oathbringer it's the greatest thing i've ever it's my favorite thing of all time mm-hmm. i go back and forth words of radiance and oathbringer but when i have to pick i, I gotta pick oathbringer and yes, you know the, there's just so many there's just so many moments you know kaladin admitting that he or you know not admitting, but just realizing he can't save any, save some, mm-hmm. you know, the people and that someone else has to save them, you know, coming just shy of that ideal, you know, and, Heft. and then just, you know, Dalinar grabbing and, and uh-huh. creating the, you know, and just like, and then just Yasna just 
being a total <laughs> boss across the field and just like Absolutely. destroying fools like it's nothing, you know, and Adeline <laughs> just getting his butt whooped and he's like trying to help and he can't and just like the whole thing. Oh my gosh. My favorite, I love that book because the second you open the page for book five, the second you turn the page, it's just Sander Lanch. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes in the other one, in the other books, you'd get to book five. You know, if you're not familiar with these books, these, these are huge tomes they're, they're in different and parts, they're broken yeah. into book. They're broken into different parts. They call them books, book one book, you know, in, in the other ones, when you got to book five, there would be a couple chapters of build up before you got to that climactic section that our fans call us the Sander Lanch in, in Oathbringer. It's just all Sander Lanch when you get to book mm-hmm. five. And I just love it. It's just nonstop. Anyway, but um, one specific thing to mention, I think that makes Sanderson's writing so much more compelling and interesting to me than virtually any other author that I've read in relation to white spine uncaged and honor is dead, etc. His fight scenes are so clear to read very clear yep in in reading other other fantasy authors fight scenes the fight scenes are are very muddy and it's like this person fought and they they swung their way through the battlefield or whatever with sanderson you know exactly what is happening and you know swing for swing and it's not tedious to read either the fight scenes are very clear and compelling and engaging and that is one hallmark of sanderson that i am eternally impressed with right it's clear what the magic is doing it's clear what the people are doing it's clear what's going on that's for sure definitely um so i have a section i love it yeah i have a section that's called let's get into it is there something Cosmere that we can do right now together. I don't know if you, if you had a chance to think about it. I don't know if you looked at the questions at all, but you know, it's just a section, something that we try to do together. Like when we had, we had someone that did did improv, we did a, like a five minute improv game. If there, if we can do something together, can't always do something, but I was just thinking, is there something we can do together right now? That is, that is, that, that is the Cosmere. Absolutely. As as long as the spoiler embargo is still lifted, just go for it. Let let's theory craft here. What is okay. what is your pet theory for Ooh. the Cosmere? Okay, okay. What's my theory? What what's your what's your favorite theory? Yeah. Okay, okay. My pet theory, like I feel like personally i feel like it's pretty obvious that hoyt is going around collecting magic systems Mm -hmm. and i don't know how effective it's being because you know like a lost metal or like the mistborn era 2 is like after stormlight era 1 and it doesn't i don't know how much magic he has there so like maybe he's trying to to acquire magic from different systems and maybe it's not working but we know he has yolish white yolish light weaving he goes and gets himself a he goes himself a a spren you know to try to yep. and he becomes a so a light he has Roshar in light and weaving. I know he has a bunch of other things right he has some other things going on so i feel like he's just like traveling the cosmere with with all of his other stuff that he can do uh-huh. right which you know he's he's basically invincible he can't hurt anybody which is weird he can't eat meat <laughs> which is weird but i feel like he's he's traveling the world driving the cosmere and he's i feel like he's trying to collect magic systems but i feel like it's not working so maybe he's gonna okay. when he realizes it's not working he's gonna have to make a different plan so 
that's my that's my idea. What about you? My my favorite theory that a little bit got squashed with the release of Lost Metal, but not entirely. I really think we are going to see Wax in the second arc of Stormlight. Really? Ooh. Yeah. I, I think Wax right. is going to go off That's world and we're going to see him in the second arc of Stormlight. The fact Ooh. that he's specifically mentioned by Sazed in the epigraphs of, I believe That's it is Oathbringer, that Sazed says in, in one of his letters to Hoyd, in, split up in the epigraphs, he says that he's working on building, on crafting a sword. And so, like, Wax is mentioned, at least obliquely, already in Stormlight. I think Wax is going to show up in the second arc of Stormlight. And that is the reason why Stormlight, Stormlight wow. Era 2 had to take place between the, the two five-book arcs. Interesting. Okay, I got one more. One more, as, yeah. long, as, we're, as long as we're doing it together. Oh, let's do it. If, knowing that we only know, for, for Twinborn, we only know a mm -hmm. couple of them, right? If you could Twinborn anything, what would you Twinborn? I have an answer to that immediately. I got this, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, this I received as my secret Sazed gift okay. two years ago. This, a lovely little wall hanging. This is the allomantic symbol for bronze. This is the ferrochemical symbol for bronze. I would be a double bronze. Because then you could compound bronze and the ferrochemical ability for for a bronze user is storing sleep or storing wakefulness. And okay. so being able to compound bronze where you invest bronze and then burn it allomantically, which gives you a supercharged oomph of the ferrochemical power, you'd never need to sleep. You could just be constantly fully and completely rested without ever sleeping. Miserable. Oh, man, I love you, sleep. I, I'd get so much done. <laughs> Bronze compounding would just, I'd be so freaking productive and it'd be amazing. Okay. So I, I have one. I don't remember what the metals are, but I want, I want like luck, the alimenter, okay. uh, yeah, luck. And then, oh, dang it. What was the other one? We were talking about this the other day with my kids. Luck. So chromium and electrum. Okay. So you can so, see the future and have luck. Hmm. What do you think about that? That could be really interesting, particularly because Electrum is seeing your own potential future. And right. so th that could be really, really interesting, particularly paired with ferrochemical chromium. Because seeing the options that are in front of you and then being able to tap into, into the luck most beneficial of those options, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, that'd be right? great. Right? I could get behind that. <laughs> then the hard part would be when you have to store luck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay locked in a room. Don't do anything. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is what I this is I had to think about this because I was thinking about this exact thing, which is that you know, it's like, there's no getting around, you know, it's like bad luck is bad luck. You go like into a locked room, you start storing luck and then like the girders break, you know, like <laughs> bad luck is bad luck, man. You, uh -huh. you, you start storing luck and your, you know, your uncle dies or your cat, you know, or like bad <laughs> luck is bad luck. So 
you know, you just got to give yourself the luck version of the sniffles for like a long time. You got to be careful with it. Potentially more interesting way to approach that is what if ferrochemical chromium, when you store fortune, is similar to ferrochemical steel storing speed. So if with if you're storing speed, but you're not moving, you're not actually storing anything. Mm. Or or was it us? No, brass is heat. Whichever ferro ferrochemical metal stores calories, like you can you can just eat and eat and eat, and you can store those that chemical energy in a metal mine. But if you're not eating, you're not storing anything. So if you are in a situation where luck, fortune has no impact, if you are locked in a room, would you actually be storing anything? Right. So it, exactly. Does, does that mean like in order to store luck, you have to actively be going about and doing things that are unlucky in order to store the do. good luck up? I know what you could do is you could hmm. go and like play cards and store <laughs> luck, but with low stakes. Okay. Right. You know, like you bring, you play like the penny slots, right? <laughs> and you're just like... Storing luck. Oh, there it goes. You know, you lose like 200 times in Every a row. Every single time. But it's, it's the penny slots, man. Okay. <laughs> or you, you just get really good at being really bad at Minesweeper. Just like, and click. All right. Yep. There was the mine. And next one, click. Yep. There it is. Oh, and click. Mm hmm. Hitting the first one every time. Like, Okay. Well, we've been, we've been going, we've been having a good time. It's been a pleasure having you on, but we're going to get to the big question of the day, mm. which is, and I, I think I'm going to say spoiler time is over. Spoiler okay. embargo. He's back uh, so, on. Yeah. Back on. But what is in the Cosmere? And this is pretty obvious, I feel like, but what is N plus one? What is next in, mm -hmm. in your experience of the Cosmere? In my experience of the Cosmere, I have, I just finished. Oh goodness. I just finished secret project one and right. that's like that was incredible and amazing and i i'm really excited for you to read it because it's just it's yes. so good i'm really enjoying um, it so in terms of my consumption of sanderson's writings i actually sitting underneath my computer right there i have the sixth book of alcatraz that i have read Ooh. the first chapter of my wife oh, nice. read it completely we got it it came out basically on her birthday, and so we, we got the whole set for her for her birthday. But I nice. have not read the last Alcatraz book, which... Bastille versus the Librarians. Bastille versus the Evil Librarians. I have not read that yeah. yet, and that is probably going to be what I'm aiming for next in terms of my own Sanderson consumption. Nice. Uh, I also, as a content creator, I am working right now on a book review and spoiler intensive connections video for mm. secret project one because there is a nice. lot that happens there and wow. i i'm really excited to dig into it <laughs> nice well steve thank you so much for coming on how can people find you get in touch with you follow your content where can people find you you can find me on basically all of the social medias facebook instagram TikTok. i even have a twitter that I will occasionally say things on. And of course my YouTube channel, those are all at the Cosmere knot, whatever, okay. 
whatever social media platform at the Cosmere Knot, that is me. Most of my work is done on YouTube. That's where I release my videos, which are typically longer form deep dives into various aspects of the Cosmere. So if you would like to like and subscribe, it's me, your boy, Steve. There you go. You say longer form. You say longer form, but I mean, I make guitar repair videos and my videos are like 30 to 45 minutes long, man. So your, your, your videos are, your, your videos are tidy, man. <laughs> They're nice. <laughs> I usually try under 10 minutes. A couple of my interviews with various right. people in the fandom have been longer. Like I had a, sure. an interview with Steve Argyle, which is really interesting. That was upwards of a half hour. I had an interview with another creator that was solid half hour, but most of my videos I shoot for under 10 minutes. A couple of them are, are yeah. 12 to 15. Great. Well, I got two silly questions and we will get Ooh. you out of here. Thank you so much for your time. This has been great. It's been great to yeah, it's finally wonderful. talk awesome. to you and just nerd out with fellow Sander Sanderson nerds. But I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to casually drop the name of the most famous person you've ever met. I'm Brandon Sanderson. Does that, does that count? I mean, that's, that's a gimme. I've, I've met him several times being local to him. Yeah. I've, he does events, he does book releases and stuff. Back before he got really famous, he would have significantly smaller book releases at like the BYU bookstore, or there was a book release that he had in like a high school gymnasium that I went to and have, he, he went to the release, if anyone is not familiar with this, the Kaladin album. That's uh, pretty good. I listened it's to it. very good. Uh, this was done by a bunch of like local musicians. I went to high school with one of the people that wrote one of the songs on this. And so they had the like release party for this album really local to where I live. And Sanderson was there and I'd like sat at a table and chatted with him for a solid 20 minutes. So yeah, he's, he's definitely the most famous person that I've, I've met. That's pretty good. Hey, that's a perfectly fitting answer for this episode. Of the <laughs> it, it is apropos. That's awesome. And the last question, and we will get you get you out of here. No, no, no cheating on this one. What is, in your opinion, the all time greatest cartoon theme song? Oh, oh dear. With lyrics or without? It's up to you. This is what is, in your opinion, X Men. That's a great one. Classic, We've had a couple like, X Men. Classic X Men. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that's yes. I always say that's the f one that I think would be the funnest to play in a band. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we've had a bunch of DuckTales, which is very singable. See, DuckTales you know? was going to be my second choice. Yeah. DuckTales is, is, is awesome. And and I feel like DuckTales would be great if you were the bass player. But I think if, if you're the guitar <laughs> player, which I am. Right. Exactly. But if you're the guitar player, I mean, I want to play X-Men. You know, like. Oh, yeah. It's got that, that guitar that's riff. riff. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Well, Steve, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to meet you. I will catch you in the comments of your videos like I always do. Excellent. But until next time, guys, this has been Adam from Miller's Custom Guitars. This has been Steve from Steve the Cosmonaut from Raffo. Read and find out. And that is the motto of all Sanderson fans that we have to read and find out. But until next time, don't be a jerk. <laughs>